Jack, go home. Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Too bad. Um, so I, I mean, I've seen. Put it this way: I've seen worse, 
pay-per-views. Um, and I've seen worse pay-per-views relatively recently. Um, oh, and, and of course, okay, so, so you're watching Raw here. For any of you, for any of those who are watching Raw, <coughs> woo, I do apologize. That one kind of hurt a little bit. Bless you. <laughs> wow. Um, for those of you, I didn't have time to hit the mute button on that one. Um, for those of you guys who are watching Raw, uh, oh, my goodness. It's here in my hometown of Albany, New York, um, the same town where Austin gave the corporation a beer bath, the same town where Edge cashed in his Money in the Bank, uh, first ever Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, the same town where, where so many memories have been made in the WWE. Uh, I, I didn't go today. I didn't go to WWE today because I wanted to be here with you guys, and uh, it's kind of hard to hear. Uh, when you're at these events uh, with all the noise and things. But for those of you watching, they just crowned a 24-7 title, uh, which I get it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, um, the the hardcore title back in the day, except it's not as hardcore, but it can change hands at any time, any place, uh, anywhere by anybody affiliated with WWE roster. Uh, and of course, you know, Titus O'Neil, won it first um, and then got pinned on the rampway, but it's just an ugly title with, I don't think a fully thought through concept. Uh, I, I don't get me wrong. I like the concept, but it's just, it's a little too like, you know, they didn't put enough emphasis behind it. Basically what it feels like to me and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but what it feels like to me is it gives the little guy something to do while you know everybody else is is sitting there you know focusing on the you know the the WWE title the Universal title the Continental the the US yeah the US title the any of that stuff well 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 the actual main members of the roster are focusing on that this gives the 205 live the NXT the opening match mid card guys kind of something to to fight for because they know that they'll never get their hands on any real gold. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like to me. Well, it could be. It looks like it belongs hanging in a Japanese hibachi restaurant, not, not, not on a, a wrestler's body. Yeah, I, I don't know what's uglier. That title or the name Great Balls of Fire or the fact that uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's holding the money in the bank briefcase. I don't know which one of those three is uglier. Well, I kind of <laughs> wanted to, to talk about that a little bit. I, you know, honestly, I know Granny was not happy when when he showed up no. last night. Um, no, and, I wasn't. Uh, oh, I, oh, thought, I, was, I thought I thought when he lost the title, I thought, okay, thank you, God. Oh, we're done with him. There is a we're God. Yes. Brock Lesnar is finally gone, and now he's back again. Hey, I, 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 what do you feel about speaking of that? Um, to kind of stray away from my point here for a minute to go back into it, the next pay per view is called Stomping Grounds. What do you think about that? Uh, it's better than Great Balls of Fire, but uh, yeah, but it's still kind of stupid. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and Super Showdown. Oh, how long did you think that one up? That's that's probably the least creative, you know, major pay per view name I think I've ever heard. Uh, anyway, go. Oh, it's a Super Showdown. I mean, a kid could make that one. Um, anyway, sorry, uh, no, so, I got what I was saying was, uh, yeah, I know Granny was not happy about Brock Lesnar showing up last night, um, and I know you weren't very happy about it last night, but, you know, in a way, 
in a way, I I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it because what it does is it keeps Lesnar relatively relevant. You know, uh, he still has a contract with WWE, so it keeps him it keeps his name around. Okay, it keeps the suspense of is he gonna cash in relevant, which is always. You know, always fun. One of, always one of my favorite times of year is is trying to figure out, you know, when these guys are going to cash in, um, and, and you know, and the chaos that comes with it. Uh, and and I, I like the idea that you know perhaps this could set up a a a pretty pretty good moment at one of the the big pay per views, be it a SummerSlam, be it at the stupid Super Showdown pay per view, whatever it may be. This could be a, you know, he chooses to cash in type of thing and then loses, you know, and, and it could really get the champion over more so than they already are. So I, I think that if Lesnar cashes in and takes the belt from one of these two, uh, obviously, you know, that wouldn't be, uh, uh, th- that wouldn't be, you know, ideal. But, but but I think it it could it could um, it could really help with one of these guys if uh, you know like, like let's say Kofi Cakes did, but let, let's say Lesnar picks his spot and uh, tries to go after Kofi, and Kofi beats him. I mean that could really be uh, a positive stamp in the Kofi Kingston legacy. Um, but you know, I don't know what do you guys think on that? Well, well I, I would love to see anybody beat Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, let me ask you this, guys. How many times has the, has the money in the bank been cashed in, uh, and they're, they have, the person that cashed in has not won the title? How many times has that happened? Uh, four, maybe? Let I me thought see. it was one. Oh, hold on. Have... No, um, money. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Google it real quick. Um, I, well, I know Cena was one of them, but I, th- I, I, I could have sworn there was, oh, no, Baron Corbin was one, I believe. Granny's buddy, oh, Baron right. Corbin. He, he, he cashed in. Um, Okay. All of the briefcase holders throughout the history of the pay-per-view and throughout the history of the of the match concept have successfully defended and cashed in the contract, except Mr. Kennedy, John Cena, Damian Sandow, Baron Corbin, and Braun Strowman are the, are the only Money in the Bank contract holders to cash in and fail to gain a championship. Well, let's hope Brock Lesnar's on that list. You could hope. You could hope. Um, and but but you know I I definitely think he could be. I think like I said I think it would be a good idea to you know in, in terms of getting one of these two guys over even more. Um, I I think if you have Lesnar beat them, um, if you have Lesnar beat one of the two of them, um, you know it, it just really kind of yeah it helps out the idea of the money in the bank and, and the conceptualized principle of it that, Oh, you're, you know, you win this, you're going to win the title. But I, I don't think it would be good for a part-time guy, 
you know, because I know a lot of people are pissed that a part-time guy even has the, you know, the uh, money in the bank case. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, well, look love, how long Brock Lesnar like had the championship belt. Look how long he had the belt, and he only defended it basically when he wanted to. He got away with so much crap. I mean, he didn't defend it like a true champion should do or would do, a true fighting champion. I mean, he didn't defend it very much. Everything mm. would just show up basically when he wanted to show up. So I don't know why they even brought him back. I mean, but what do I know? I'm just I'm just a wrestling fan. What do I know? So. Hey, a couple things. Uh, did you guys hear that a WWE Hall of Famer was attacked over the weekend? Arnold Schwarzenegger was attacked? Uh, no. For what? Uh, some guy, I guess, attacked him from behind, uh, jumped him from behind or something. At, he was in, like, South America or something like that doing a... Oh, doing a, I was going to say, it's probably because he did such a great job in the uh, state of California that people are, you know, he's, he's on everyone's favorite list right now. But, no, it had nothing to do with politics then because it was in a different country. So I get that. No. Okay. And I say such a great job, you know, pretty facetiously of the state of California. Right, right. But anyway. Um, but, so yeah, no, I, I didn't hear about that. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Um our first guest should be calling in in a few minutes here, so uh, so we'll uh, chat with him in a second. Hopefully, I don't have to call. Is it him, is but, it uh, uh, is it Mr. B? Yep, yep. Seven eight zero number. Seven eight zero. All right. And uh, um, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm plugging this, uh, but I was asking okay. because they said they would give us some plugs, but. Uh, you guys remember our buddy Jordan Garber? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's relaunching the show on Sunday. Hmm. Okay. And uh, he, what what uh, time? What time is his, what time is his show starting up? <clears throat> I think ten o'clock central. I do believe. Now where did he go so, anyway? Well, he uh, he got a new job, and he wasn't able – working Sunday night, so he wasn't able to do his podcast and work at his job at the same time. Mm. So apparently he's that been at uh, his job long enough now that he's able to switch and relaunch it. So, uh, And I guess he's uh, he's been getting into the ring a lot lately. So, um, you know, so hmm. – you know, Yeah, doesn't, doesn't he, like, work for a wrestling – like company or something, or promotion? Or? Well, he works for a few, um, too many to name, but he usually does the, uh, the, um, the, um, officiating referee thing, you know. Yeah, I know, I knew that. That's why I was curious on, Mike. So does his new job have anything to do in that field? I think so. I think so. Nice, Okay. So be all right, well, yeah, we're waiting, for, we're waiting for the first guest here to come on, and uh, we'll get all that going. Um, I'm going I'm to try, try calling him just to make sure he's uh, ready. All right, you guys take it for a little bit, then uh, we'll get it going, all right? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but anyways, um, so, 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 Greddy, uh, uh, watching – 
Watching Raw tonight here. Um, do, do you think WWE is going to play this off with a suspense sort of a thing, or do you think that um, you know that, that, that they're going to let you know um, what's his name there? Uh, let Brock Lesnar hold on to that title or hold on to that briefcase for a while before cashing it in, or do you think that they're going to try to blow this whole thing and do it tonight for Shock Valley? I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, they, you know, they, because, you know, when Paul Heyman came out with him earlier and they were talking and Kofi Kingston was in the ring and, and Seth Rollins was in the ring, you know, basically, you know, Paul Heyman says, well, Brock Lesnar will do with this money in the bank briefcase when he wants, where he wants, how he wants. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that he may cash it in, but he may just be stubborn enough just to hold on to it for a few weeks. <laughs> I just, I don't yeah, know. Well, well, I mean, well, because you remember, I mean, you remember what happened, uh, you know, uh, last night, right? With the, oh, the yeah. Lincoln side. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that could very well be like something kinda like something tonight, so Yeah, you know, you know you never know. Most people, you know, it's like when they get the money, when they have after they get the money in the bank contract, most people, you know, like I've seen so many cash it in right away in the same night. I've seen some wait a little while, you know, before they cash it in. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I just, like I said, I was very, I, when he, when all of a sudden he came out and I thought, oh my God. I'm like, well, you really? Knew, I thought we got rid of Lesner, <laughs> Well, you knew as soon as Lesnar came out, he was going to win the match. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's just a no brainer right there. You that know, but they wouldn't have brought somebody that big or that name to, you know, back without having them win it, you know? So, I mean, in that regard, oh, yeah. it was kind of <clears throat> Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know. But, yeah, Granny had a very busy weekend of wrestling shows. And, oh, my gosh, Saturday OKX was just, like, long. How was I mean, that? I did get hot. Oh, it it was an awesome show. Uh, the main event between John Cross and Luke Langley. John, I mean, these guys, I mean, they fight tooth and nail, you know. And John Cross had re- basically hung up his boots. He was okay, going to retire. Uh, real, real quick. Yeah, here, what? Uh, we, we changed our guest around a little bit. Our second guest is not going to be our first guest. Our first guest is not going to be our second guest. Okay. Okay. Okay, so he'll be calling in shortly. All right, Granny, continue that. What were we talking about? So, anyways, so anyways, John Cross basically, after the cage match um, about almost three years ago that he had against Tim Rockwell, uh, he basically, you know, had some back issues, you know, and basically he was going to hang up his boots. And Luke Langley, you know, kind of just, they, they started this storyline about, you know, building this, you know, OKX. I mean, this event 
was created by a couple of guys that wrestle for WFC on a regular basis. They wanted to bring in talent. I mean, this show was absolutely amazing. These guys, everybody involved in OKX Saturday was just, I mean, the show was amazing. It was supposed to start at 5 o'clock. It almost was like 6 o'clock before it got started. It didn't get over until after 11 o'clock. I did not, we did not get back here to Springdale until like quarter to two in the morning. <laughs> but it was an amazing, I mean, Luke Langley beat John Cross, but John Cross had, had nothing but respect for Luke Langley. I mean, Luke talked a little bit, then John talked a little bit. I mean, John's wife, Brittany, who used to be a wrestler, um, Luke Langley's tag team partner from back several years ago, Graham Bell, he decided to try to kind of interfere in the match. And here comes Brittany. I mean, she basically jumps over the banister and takes out Graham Bell and goes chasing him to the back. I mean, everybody just went wild. And I went over after the – Guys, yeah. real quick here, I'll let you finish. But uh, Big Swing, our, first, our guest should be calling in here if he's not on the line already. I know. I'm watching for it. As soon as, as, soon as he comes on, I'll put him through. Okay, cool. So, anyways, I after the ma- after the match was over and everything, I went over and gave Brittany a big hug. And I said, Brittany, I said, girlfriend, you still got it. I mean, she doesn't wrestle anymore. She works out, but she doesn't wrestle anymore. But she was a pretty good wrestler back in the day. I mean, her and John were childhood sweethearts. I mean, they... They've been married now. They got married about probably four or five years ago, but they were childhood sweethearts, and they are two of the best friends that I consider my family. But that it it was just an awesome show. It was it was an amazing show. So I was glad to be a part of it. I mean, all the matches were good. Now, where uh, you said it was in Oklahoma City. No, it was in Verdigris, Oklahoma, which is just a little ways out of Claremore. It's like a little little teeny tiny town just about maybe six miles out of Claremore. So And what's it called? Verdigris. V E R D I G R I S. Huh, Verdigris. That's uh Verdig yeah, Verdigris, Verdigris. I mean give Pete. People pronounce it different ways, but you know. But yeah, it's, it's just about six miles out of Claremore, so. Hmm. Well, Icon, um, our uh, first <clears throat> guest, who was going to be our second guest, but is now our first guest, uh, is actually on here with us. So I'm going to uh, jump over, check the Yankee game out because they just tied the game here, and I have to put it on commercial. Um, and I will let you do your thing, and I will be back in here in one minute. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man in the ring nobody should mess with ever because he is what you would call a superstar and a gosh darn good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ass kicking, Stephen Bonner. Hey, bud, how are you? Not bad, not bad. What are we talking about tonight, guys? Was that not the best in-ring introduction you've ever had? It was out-fucking-standing. Awesome. So, uh, 
Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about uh, your career and the pay per view that you just had. But uh, what we're going to do here before we do that is have you give us a little background about yourself, then we'll chat with you. So, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll interview you. Background about myself. Uh, let's see. Grew up the youngest of three boys. Uh, was uh, older brothers beat up on him a lot. Needed to. Uh, become a big bad ninja that was my goal in life and uh eventually worked really really hard to learn as many martial arts as i could and get big and strong and beat them up which i eventually did and it led to a career in the ufc that had an outstanding career um 14 year mma career ended up in the ufc hall of fame and then um what a little less than two years ago um Decided to scratch something off my bucket list and get started on my pro wrestling career. Lifelong dream. You got to see, I grew up in the 80s when uh, WrestleMania exploded on the scene. I loved pro wrestling, and that was what I wanted to be. In the 90s, UFC came a lot, and I was already a martial artist, and I loved martial arts, and I fell in love with it and had a great career. And uh, now, hitting the pro wrestling world by storm. Um, one half of the real shooters was devastating tag team professional wrestling today, and arguably of all time. And just coming up, the Legends and Victors pay-per-view, which is Attitude Era-style pro wrestling with humor and filth, slur and filth mixed in with some pro wrestling. Top rope jumps, so, you name it. So of those two, what do you like to do more? MMA or wrestling? Oh, God. Wrestling. MMA sucks. It's just so it's serious and grueling, and you have to win. Your paycheck depends on it. And, ugh. Just, yes. It's, uh, I was getting really sick of it. And it never gets any easier. And especially when you know you've hit the, your peak, you know? Probably in my early 30s, I was at my peak, and... You know, by my late 30s, I knew I had lost a step, and, and it's just no fun. You're trying to preserve what's left. Then I go into professional wrestling, and each day, just a couple of weeks ago, I land, I learned how to do a Macho Man elbow drop, and then in this pay-per-view, I hit one in the match for the first time, and I'm I'm learning. I'm getting better. I feel like, you know, by now, and in, in jiu-jitsu goes white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. In pro wrestling, I think I'm about a blue belt. I think I'm on my white belt stage, and I'm about a blue belt now. And it's fun. I'm getting better. I want to get my black belt. I'm not going to keep doing it. So with, uh, with that being said, I guess would it be safe to say that uh, MMA uh, is, is in the rearview mirror and there's no chance that you go yes. back? Is that safe yes. Yes, I'm done with it. Everyone, oh, you got one more. I mean, you got one more. You gotta understand, like it's already not good for my brain that I got hit in the head on a regular basis for the better part of 15 years. You know, so let's face it. How about I learn something new? I'm mentally stimulated. I go around, I see the world, I get to visit cities that I've never seen. I've never been to Greenville, South Carolina, and I got to go there and have a good time and experience that city and, and make some good relationships and wrestle and jump off the top rope like the Macho Man. And be part of something that I was really fun and stimulating. So with uh, with uh, wrestling now, uh, do you uh, do you do you travel to more areas than you did uh, in MMA? 
I mean, yeah, I haven't even been wrestling two years, and I've already gone to, what, Ottawa, Canada, New York City. I've never fought in Ottawa or New York City. Uh, Fort Lauderdale down there at the Universal Studios, performed there with Impact. Um, I went to Tacoma, Washington, went to Montreal, Canada. I've never been to Montreal for the um, IWS show, House of Glory, New York City, I think I said. But, yes, I'm, I, I'm seeing a lot of cities I haven't seen. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. This is a big world. Pro wrestling is is a, a huge – it's worldwide. It's worldwide. And uh, But this is a great time in history for indie wrestling, really. It's like we're not doing the numbers we did in the Attitude Era, and, and people are finding more joy in the Indian wrestling because the performers are going to get to use their own creativity. And you could tell they're singing their own songs. And you can tell in WWE they're singing someone else's songs, and they're not happy about it. Most of them aren't, and it shows. I can't watch it. Could I watch indie wrestling? Hell yeah. Now, with the, you know, since you started indie, indie wrestling, and we know that uh, you are, since you started, uh, the best in the business to ever convert from MMA to wrestling. I mean, screw Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar. We don't care about him. We know that you can beat him. Uh, the question is, when you when you wrestle, and then I'm going to ask you this question, and we'll kind of go around the room, then we'll come back to me. Uh, with with your wrestling, uh, would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you uh, what the crowd decides that you're going to be wherever you're at? Uh, yeah, I so far it's kind of something the crowd decides. I think I'm inherently like, uh, a bad good guy, like I'm a like a good guy that you know, like I, uh, you know, like a stone cold. I don't really give a damn, you know. I march my own tune, and and but some, you know, I've been booed like FSW in Vegas. I actually, you know, I get booed there. Then in uh, Montreal, they loved me, and I came a heel. They booed me at first, but at the end of the match, I won them over. You know, I had a great match with Speedball Mike Bailey. So um, yeah, overall, I'm uh, I'm I'm a bad good guy. Well, with that being said, uh, Granny, uh, what do you got for our, our guest? David Bonner is with us. Uh, we have him for another 15 minutes or so, maybe a little longer. But, Granny, what do you got for our guest, David Bonner? Well, hello there. I'm Granny, I'm, and I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan. You're but... thinking of the Incredible Hulk and David Banner. No, 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 no. That, that Granny Hulkster name was given to me because I love wrestling. And, you know, but... Anyways, cause, but I like to holler. I like to holler to the, at the bad guys, and I like to give the bad guys lots of grief and talk a lot of smack. So that being said, what has been your most challenging match you've ever had in your career? Are you talking fighting or um, wrestling? Wrestling, or either one. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, well, John Jones is a hard guy to figure out. Had a good fight with him, lost a close decision. In pro wrestling, the match with Steve Speedball Bailey was my longest match yet. I think it was like a 17-minute match. So um, it was really difficult for me to remember the match. So I kept having to ask him what's next, even though we walked through it a million times. Okay, that's fair enough. Probably, probably a side effect of getting hit in the head all those years. Oh, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, 
That's what I, I mean, that's pretty much what I've got for right now, Icon, I mean, you know. So so, uh, so what is your, uh, in wrestling and MMA, what is your professional record for both? Oh, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. This was fighting. I was never attached to the outcome, really. And most of my losses have been close decisions. That comes down to the opinions of a couple human beings, two human beings. Say that one opponent won, one says I won, and that means I lost, whatever. That's what you say. So I never really paid attention. Okay. Now, All right. well, wrestling, what's your record in wrestling? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, that, that, that's, that's fair enough. That's a fair enough answer. So my next question to you, with, uh, with you know, since you started wrestling, you know, we all know that wrestlers have, you know, the ultimate finishing maneuver that will put their opponent away, whether they least expect it. I want to know what your finishing maneuver is, what it's called, and what goes about it. And then we'll see if one of us is willing to have you practice it on us. Okay, well. This is the new finish of the real shooters. That's tag team of me, the American psycho Stefan Bonner, and the New York badass Phil Baroni. And really what happens is he lifts the guy up, right, um, Like, and gives him a spine buster. And at the same time, I come off the ropes and do a jump, spin, splits, Van Damme-style kick, and I land, take a bump on the landing, you know, land on my back. And I kick him in the head, kind of act style. So I come over, chop him down, and he takes his spine buster while my my six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound leg wheels around and smacks him upside the head. Wow, that's you know that kind of sounds like uh, uh, a kind of like a better rendition of Randy Orton when he when he punched uh, his opponent in the head. Some is it something similar to that? Yeah, check it out. Um, it's up on my Instagram, Stefan Bonner, S D P H A N B O N N A R. And yeah, Baroni picks the guy up. They could do a spine buster, hit the ropes, Van Damme style jump spin kick, axe where it comes down, chops, boom, one, two, three, finish. Uh, you know, think think of the, we have David Bonner here with us. We got about. Uh, well, about ten minutes left here. Uh, let's see if Big Swing is back and has a question. Who's, who's David not... Bonner? Who's David Bonner? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I'm You're thinking sorry. of the Stephen Incredible Bonner. Hulk and, and, and David Banner, right? Sorry. That's, sorry. <laughs> that, that's the guy who turned into the Incredible Hulk. He was yeah, my favorite. Stephen Bonner, I, I, like, growing up, he was my favorite my, superhero. My I wanted to my be the Hulk. Uh, Stephen Bonner is our guest. We have we have about ten minutes left with Stephen. Sorry about that. Because uh, our first guest was supposed to be David, but something happened. But anyway, sorry about that. That was my fault. So, um, I, Big Swing must still be doing the Yankee game. But the question. No, I'm, have, I'm on here. I've been listening. Okay. Do you have a question for uh, our guest, Stephen Bonner? Um, I do actually. I mean, so. You said, uh, you know, obviously growing up, there were some things, you know, that you that you liked that you were watching and, and you loved wrestling and whatnot. But what took you down the path of actually wanting to do it? Like, what, what when did you make the decision, hey, this is something that I want to do? And, and you know, what what maybe some of your influences? I mean, just, just sort of take us through your your uh, was, decision to become a wrestler. Okay, I was, uh, it was 1988. 
I was in Mrs. McCarthy's class at Eads School Elementary, and we went around the room, and everyone had to say what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I said, a professional wrestler. And she said, that answer is not satisfactory. You have to pick something else. So I said, a stuntman. And she said, that's, those are pipe dreams. You have to pick something else. And the UFC hadn't been around yet. So um, that's what I wanted to be until uh, the UFC came around. And uh, I'd been doing wrestling, taekwondo then, and I fell in love with jiu-jitsu. And I kind of got sidetracked from my pro wrestling dreams. And through it, I had a MMA career that resulted in being inducted in the Hall of Fame. And now I put the sport of fighting behind me. And now I feel that same love I felt in my early 20s for MMA when I'm going around the country and the world learning martial arts. I feel the same way now going about the country learning pro wrestling in the world. I've been to Canada already pro wrestling. So, so I'm, I'm seeing the world and, and learning this, this crap, this art of pro wrestling. Like I said, I feel like I'm a blue belt now. I, I'm, now you know, that you've I'm a done... solid blue belt. Now that you've done both and you've had experience in both um, and, 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 you know, relative success in both, when you see a lot of these um, a lot of these people coming over who were MMA stars uh, who are coming over now to, to try to be in professional wrestling at the WWE level, um, do you, do you, I mean, you sort of understand a little bit better. I know a lot of people complain going, oh, why are the UFC guys here, uh, guys and girls Keep coming over here. What the hell? They're ruining our sport. Do you see now, having done both, why the transition can be made? Or, or do you understand it? Or do you, do you know why they're doing it? Or do you, you know, do you feel for them? Or, or what? Yeah, I don't know, man. It just, I don't know what people's motives are. I know my motives. I know how I felt about pro wrestling growing up. I know the pro wrestlers I idolized. And, and I knew that was a dream of mine. I knew someday I would do it. And I knew even when I was fighting that I knew when I retired from fighting, I'd pro wrestle. And, you know, it, it took a little bit. It took, like, turning 40 and totally freaking out and having, like, a midlife crisis moment and saying, my goodness, like, if I don't start now, then, like, I'm never going to be awesome. And, you know, I still feel like, I, like I said, I'm a blue belt and I'm getting better with every match. And, and you know, I'm going to keep doing it until I get my black belt. And people don't like it and, you know, want to criticize me, whatever. I'm going to keep doing it. Like, I'm not going to quit because they don't like me. Uh, I enjoy it. It brings me joy. And, like, everything I do, it's, it's kind of for myself, the motivation. My, my, my motivation to do this is to, to learn art of pro wrestling. And that's what I'm doing. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, that, uh, you know, your teacher asked you what, uh, what you want to be when you grow up, and you said a pro wrestler, and she said that wasn't a, a realistic uh, career choice, but yeah. uh, you, know, you mentioned that. I kind of feel that to be wrong that a teacher would do that because are you not as a teacher, are you not supposed to encourage your students to follow their dreams? I mean, that is such, that you know I, I yeah. don't know. That's, I think this is 30 years ago my friend. Times are different. Yeah, I, I remember know? why I, to, I, I told my Yeah, I got back in 1988, things were, yeah, they're not the same as they would be today. Yeah, I mean that—that that was my dream too, was to be a pro wrestler. And uh, my teacher says, uh, "Good, when you make that million dollars, you can uh, cut me in on the deal." So I go, oh, "Okay, well, I'm sure she's still waiting for the check." But <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you have good teachers. So yeah, my my teacher the very next year, Mrs. Beesbore. I don't remember doing that particular exercise, but she probably would have supported me. So. 
I mean, I, I guess it just depends on the teacher and, and, and the time, too, because, you know, um, to an extent, you know, the times have changed with all the, the, you know, people could really just, you know, go do YouTube videos and be their own pro wrestling star. With, you know, it's, it's like things are, in, in terms of um, dreams like that, I think they're a lot more accessible now and realistic as well. We're given the world of indie wrestling and the internet and the ability to, you know, if you like a wrestler, to, to watch his matches over in Japan or wherever he wrestles in the world. And that's a huge advantage we didn't have growing up. Growing up, I didn't have access to, like, you know, Sting and uh, and um, the great Muta and, like, you know, Lex Luger and the all player. And I just got WWE. That's where all my televisions got. We didn't have internet. So that was my pro wrestling world. Well, you know, there's one thing I do ask uh, all our independent wrestler guests. I'm going to put it to you. It's a two-part question. Uh, the first que- the first part of the question is, you know, uh, as an indie wrestler, you know, you control your own destiny. You basically control your life. You do what you want to do. The WWE, you know, they tell you where you can go, what you can do. You have to do this. You can't do this, this, and that. Now, let me ask you this two-part question. If the WWE were to call you, is that uh, something that you'd want to do? And if you do get no, that call, no, I mean, contract. nothing against them. Like, fucking, it, it'd be a great honor, you know, to do it. But it really isn't my goal. My, my goal is to do it as a weekend hobby, you know. Like, I'm pretty busy and satisfied with my life Monday through Friday here. Like, what, what I do here, working, training people. So, the you know, the wrestling world I want to learn and discover is the indie world. And mainly because of the freedom. You're completely free. Get wrestle with who you want, do the moves you want, and that's. I mean, to me, that's worth more than than likes on social media. You know, once again, what's your motivation? Is your motivation to get famous? Then my God, yeah, that should be your goal. Is your motivation to see the world be completely free and learn an art? Then it might not be the right choice for me. So that's how I feel. To be 100% straight and honest with you, that's exactly how I feel. So. When you're when you're out wrestling now, do you uh, try and wrestle a couple times a week, once a week, once every other week? Man, I like to wrestle every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if I could. Right now, I'm wrestling maybe twice a month, but I would love to wrestle twelve times a month. Now, with uh, now with that being said, now do you uh, do you pretty much stay in? your home area there or are you uh wanting to travel all over and go to different yeah, areas? Yeah, everywhere. Like I just went from Vegas to South Carolina for a match. Like I would love to yeah, I would love to go I mean the East Coast, I know that's why Riddle used to live in Vegas and then his career started taking off in pro wrestling, he moved to the East Coast. He could go up and down the coast doing shows and you know, then he gets booked overseas to and too. So it's a huge advantage. It's a little harder out here, you gotta you got to cover more mileage in between shows, and it's it's challenging. You know, it's challenging to get that that type of stacked up work. You know, um, it's a little harder here, but it, it's coming along. Every match, I'm getting better, and um, and I feel mentally stimulated. And I'm hungry, and I'm having fun with it. And I feel free, and I feel like I'm creating in there, and and that's all that matters. Awesome. Now, uh, real quick here, I'll uh, take care of a couple business. We got a couple minutes here left with. Uh, Mr. Stephen Bonner, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and uh, see what you're up to and follow you, 
You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. Yeah, you got a go yeah Twitch. and everything's the same. It's just my name, Stephen Bonner, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-D-O-N-N-A-R. Everyone puts E's in there, but A-N-A-R, Stephen Bonner on everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you name it, um, Snapchat, whatever. Now, real yeah, quick, check it out, man. I'm posting the highlights from my man, and I, I'm kind of my way up like a wrestling career. And, uh, yeah, you can see me get better. You can see me do moves, learn moves. Like I just posted my my cherry-popping Macho Man elbow drop. First time I ever did it. And I did it in the gym um, on the pad, did it in the gym on a human, and now just did it in the match on a human. So I want to add that one to my arsenal. And I do it good. I get some freaking hang time, man. 250 pounds, 6'4", uh, and I'm flying. The, uh, the pay-per-view that you just had last night, uh, when is it ah, going yes. play that? That's MillionaireFightClub.com. Uh, so go to MillionaireFightClub.com. That's all you need to know. Our Millionaire Fight Club backslash info. But, yeah, just million, Google MillionaireFightClub.com, and uh, you can see that pay-per-view for 10 bucks. Summer Steel, a Gina Carucci stripper turned wrestler, and Summer Steel just smoking hot. Have a raunchy match with me and the King of Connecticut, Matt Granahan. So check it out there. Ten bucks, it's worth a laugh. Now, is it, is, it true, is it true that the guy that jumped Red Hart during the Hall of Fame was involved in that pay per view? Is that true? Yes, he interfered. He interfered with our match. He tried to pull the same stuff uh, as he did in WrestleMania on me and Granahan. Did, did you beat the hell out of him? I, I took care of him. <laughs> I hit him. So, I hit him with a. I hit him with a big move. Just say that. So uh, everybody, check that out. Uh, the uh, the rogue fan finally got what he deserved. Uh, Stephen Bonner took care of the individual. Uh, real quick here, two ego questions for you. Then uh, we'll let you go. And we definitely want to have you on again. Uh, we'll have you on for a longer time uh, next time if we didn't scare you away too much. But uh, real quick here, the icon made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? On what? Uh, I made you a cool collector's card, and I sent it to you in Messenger. What did you think of that? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I can't understand you. What was it? Uh, I made a collector's uh, card. Like, a, like a, he makes cards kind of like a baseball card for all of the guests that we have on and, and sends them over to you. He was wondering if you got it and if you liked that. When, when did he send it? Last week. I sent it on Messenger. Via text? Well, I, I can send you another one via text, but I did send it on Yahoo or I sent it on uh, Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger? I, I have probably haven't well, even got I, it. I, I can't. Actually, um, yeah, uh, he may not have gotten it because you may have sent it to David Banner. No, yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. So, no, yeah, so that's maybe that's why I didn't get it. So, uh, and then uh, the other question I had for you, uh, would you, uh, we got a big, uh, we got a big giveaway show coming up in December. Would you be willing to uh, send us some uh, autographs for giveaways for our fans if I send you an address? Sure. Awesome. I, I'll tell you what. I um, let me see. Card if you, what, what, I just what, who's it from? Card for you. Who's it from? I'm in my messenger now. It would, would have been from uh, Scott. Here it is. Yeah, it hasn't been. Here it is, Scott. 
I don't see any picture. Well, I just texted it to you, too, on your phone. All right, well, I don't see it right now on the Facebook Messenger. Let's see right, if it can well, come I'll, in now. Can't download it while I am talking. Okay. But it should, it should be a messenger. Why don't I see it in messenger? Is it in the group chat? Yeah, well, I sent it there, too. Did you get his name right? I, I'm opening it up with the group chat. Jam uh, it. That's Millionaire Flight Club. Here's Messenger. Here you are. Here you are. <coughs> Here's the call in number. Here's me giving you the fan page. Um, it might be this one, but it's blank now. Well, I'll, I'll, re- I'll resend it to you. Yeah, I'll resend it to you. All right. Well, once I'm off, I can download it. But right now, can't view it. All right, and I'll uh, I'll send you that address. If you can send us a few autographs, we'd appreciate it for our our big December show. We'd appreciate it. Uh, You've been awesome, and I'll be in contact with you, and we'll definitely get you on again with us. All right, Scott. Thanks for having me, bud. Thanks, Mr. Bonner. You have a good night. You too. All right. Stephen Bonner. Was he called? Did he call you John? No, he didn't. Oh, I thought I heard John. No, maybe, maybe it's my headphones. Well, anyway, like three different things going on. Our next guest should be calling in shortly, so uh, be watching for that. So I'm just googling something here. <clears throat> the the best moments, and a lot of people are saying here that, uh, where is this here? Oh. A lot of people are saying that Albany, New York may be home to some of the best WWE Raw moments in history. Well, that's awesome. this here. Let's see. So, obviously, the, obviously the beer bath. Huh? Yeah, our guest should be calling in soon, so be watching for that. I'm looking at it here. I'm just I'm just giving Albany a little uh little props here. Albany a little uh little bump. Um twenty five moments, Albany, New York. Uh, just trying to find things that happen here. But uh so um uh, Granny so this match yep. going on right now. This match going on right now. Do you think that there is, you know, do you think that there are there, there there's going to be a Lesnar sort of cash in type of thing, or do you think that this is, you know, uh, or do you think that this is going to be a a one of those you know Lesnar coming out kind of taunting them a little bit and. Going from there, but not. Oh, I, I think maybe, I think maybe he might come out and you know taunt taunt them both a little bit, but you know he, and then he may just come back. He may come out and say, tell the refs, I'm cashing this in. I, you know, I mean, but you know, Lesnar, he likes to play mind games with people. He likes to mess with people, you know. So he might come out and taunt them a little bit at first, you know, but. But that's just my opinion. I got. Um, what did you think about the women's Money in the Bank side last night about Bailey winning? 
I I love that. You know, I, I like I like Bailey. I've, I always have liked Bailey. You know, I you my, love for, uh, my love for Bailey is like your love for Alexa Bliss. It it goes really deep. Okay. You know? Are you a so hugger you like icon? The... Yeah, you I a hugger. Am. I am definitely a hugger. Definitely. Uh, did you find? Did you like? What did you like better? When she finally actually kind of broke out of her mid card status and won the Money in the Bank match, or the fact that she cashed it in on Charlotte Flair. Uh, at the end of the well, I thought I well, I like Charlotte too, but uh, you know I you know I think anything that uh, any kind of success that Bailey has, you know, because it is a childhood uh, thing for her. Uh, any kind of success that she has is really, really cool, you know, and uh, yeah. you know, she's living out her childhood dream, which is really, really cool. Well, um, Bailey also took the SmackDown title. I'm going to start seeing her more on SmackDown now than we are on Raw. So that could also boost ratings and bring all the Bailey fans over there to Tuesday nights. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, the uh, the WWE, now that they're going to be going to Fox, they need to get the ratings up somehow. Mm. Well, did you hear that there was a big discussion the other day? Um, Vince and Triple H were kind of going back and forth. Apparently, Vince, I, I didn't even know, I didn't even know this. Apparently, the WWE creative team is like 40-plus people. Is what? Forty people on the on the creative team. So I did not. Triple H, they all fired. Yeah, well, Triple H thinks that um, Vince is listening to too many opinions and going in too many different ways and wanting to do too many different things. And last week, um, I'm trying to find the article. Last week it was either Raw or SmackDown. One of them got the lowest Nielsen TV rating like that they've had in the last decade. I think it was SmackDown. I think they said SmackDown got like a 1.6 rate, um, rating last week, and Raw was like a 2.4. So, I mean, it, it's really kind of hurting them a little bit. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Triple H just takes the reins over completely from Vince and brings back, I'm not going to say Attitude Era. I'm not going to say you can get away with a lot of the things that the Attitude Era did and got away with. But if you start to see a little bit more violence and a little bit more seedy, racy storylines uh, coming up in the near future, because well, I, right I, now, I, think when to, I think when they switch to Fox, they'll be able to do that, you know? Well, I would think that they would have more trouble doing it on Fox than they would on, on USA, though, right? Because, I mean, Fox is, like, a major network, whereas USA is, you know, USA is regular cable, but you would think that Fox would have more of an objective because even people who don't have cable get Fox. I mean, Fox is one of the big three networks. I mean, you know, all you need to have is, uh, you know, basic basic cable. You get NBC, ABC, Fox, and one uh, other, I believe. So... I don't know. You just think that if they're tailoring to a kid's market and they want to tailor to children and the PG-13 era 
and then they go to Fox, um, there's going to be a lot more kids in PG-13, you know, viewership available. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just – I don't know what they're going to do, but, you know, well, I, I just don't, don't, don't want to see them, like, you know, go out of business or anything. I, no, no, I don't think it's going to be that Fox Network, though. It's not going to be like the regular cable, uh, the regular, you know, where you can pick it up with an antenna. It's not going to be on that Fox. It's going to be on, like, Fox Sports North or something like that. It's not going to be on regular Fox. Okay, so they're not going to – okay, so WWE isn't going to uh, – FS1, I, I luckily I do have, but they're, they're not going to, um, you know, a, a – channel that everybody has and not everybody has fs1 so right. basically no, what they're saying is they're going to make people want to update their cable packages to go get raw that's why they're doing it huh so may- maybe then maybe they will go back to a more extreme type of platform i didn't know that i thought they were going a normal old fox no 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 uh-uh Oh. Well, so then that, that's a little better then. I like that. I like that idea a little better, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to uh, our guest David, but uh, our uh, our third guest has confirmed. So uh, she'll be calling in at ten uh, fifteen. So my time, which is eleven fifteen, your time. So uh, yeah. So we'll just wait. We'll just wait for her to call in and. Uh, We'll talk to her when she calls in. Works for me, man. Works for me. But I'll tell you what, though. I think the WWE, though, in their pay-per-views lately have have uh, been short, falling short, insulting our intelligence. You know, they remember they came back, what was that, two months ago? We're going to start catering to the fans. We're going to give the fans what they want. That was a bunch of, beat, of bull crap. What, what did that last for, uh, a week? Before they, before they rotated back to what they were doing, you know. Well, they kind of did though. That speech, right? They 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 they, they kind of did give the fans what they wanted. I mean, they they put the belt on Kofi, you know. They took it off of Lesnar, <laughs> you know. They uh, they just did. There were there were things that they did that are subtle, that I think. Oh, here we go. Okay, so somebody's got a, somebody's got a chair in his hand. Bobby Lashley, that's a big man to have a chair. All right. Now, how much would you just want to see a headshot? Just hit him right right across the head with the chair. How many, you, know, you know, I just missed the attitude there. Yeah. Oh, here he comes. Here he's he comes. In the back. I love Bob. Oh, but you know, it's so funny, Paul Heyman. Like he's he's like he's like the little short fat kid walking behind the bully. Like you, you know how like when there's a bully yeah. in the playground, yeah. and then there's a little yeah. short fat kid walking behind the bully. Like mm-hmm. yeah, he's gonna beat mm-hmm. the ice off. He's gonna kick your ass. That's Paul Heyman is. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh man. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Heyman. Actually, you know what? Paul Heyman. You know, it's funny you give that analogy. Paul Heyman reminds me more of that uh, that little brother standing behind the, his big brother, and then you know spewing out a whole bunch of crap because mm-hmm. you know your your the big brother's not going to let uh, you touch the little brother, so you start spewing a whole bunch of crap, and uh, you know. I mean, here, 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 here's the state of the WWE right now for me. Okay, there's high ratings, there's low ratings, there's 50 feet of crap, 
And then there's the WWE creative team. That's where they're at right now. Wow. Well, so so I kind of so basically what you're saying, and we get this on record here. What you're saying is that you, okay, that you, you myself and Grady could be a three-person team and come up with a better show and, and a better storyline and better angles and better action and all that stuff than a 42-man creative team WWE has right now. Yes. See, I knew cool. it. He 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 taunt he 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 taunted him. He taunted him and then took his briefcase and walked away. The jerk. Well, well what made me mad? Was... La- what made me la- mad last night was Triple H blamed Braun Strowman for hanging Sami Zayn upside down, and it was really Brock Lesnar. That's what. Oh, yeah. That's what made me mad last night. And Brown's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I didn't do nothing to him. And then he said, Well, I'm asking you, as your boss, I'm asking you to leave the building. You know, I'm not going to have you arrested, but you need to leave. Well, he wasn't even the one that did that to Sammy Zane. Nope, he wasn't. And you know, he, he very easily could have to Sammy Zane. Oh yeah, he he, he, he could have, he could have, but he didn't. And you know. And that, you know that, that, that's another thing. I just you know I just I hate the fact that Braun Strowman just got pushed aside basically you know because well because of know, Brock Lesnar like same yeah because of Brock Lesnar I mean you know I'm sorry you know I just it's just it's not right you know but what, I think like I said, one what of do these I know? days I'm though only, I'm only a person yeah I, I mean I, I think one of these days. He'll get his his opportunity though. I really do. Uh, oh, Ron Strowman, so. I'm talking about. I yeah, so. I well, really do. The, you know, have they? Here's a new term for us for all you wrestling fans out there. Have they Roman Reigns Ron Strowman's career? I think they have. No, I don't think they have because, and if they did, it's the opposite. You see, with with Roman Reigns. Um, they basically forced us to like Roman Reigns. They said, he's going to be the champion, and he's going to be the one you cheer for, and this is the new face of the business, and get used to it. And people were like, no, I don't want to like this guy. I'm going to boo him and blah, blah, blah. They cheer Strowman on their own. Like, WWE, honestly, has done everything they can to screw Braun Strowman over, and, you know, and, and people still cheer him. So, no, I don't think that they have. I don't think that they forced anybody like Braun Strowman, I, I think the fact that people like him because they like him. I think Roman Reigns uh, is 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 t- a totally different scenario, honestly. Well, uh, our next guest will be calling from a six one two number. All right. I don't I don't know what happened to uh, Mr. Benoit, but uh, we'll get him back on eventually. Uh, you know. So we'll we'll see what happens. We might even get him back next week if one of our guests who's supposed to be on next week uh, doesn't show. So uh, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get it. We'll get him on. Uh, he well, I mean, Icon, not very yeah. not very far away from where you live, up there in the in the uh, the great city of Fargo, North Dakota. 
Not very yep. far away in the it, not very far away in the grand scheme of things comes our next caller with an area code from Minneapolis. So Icon, I'm going to let you go ahead and do your thing. I'm going to uh, put the Yankee post game on, and I'll be back and chime in in a few. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she has climbed the little giant ladder of success in the home improvement community. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the greatest co-host of any home improvement show in the history of cable or regular television. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Robin Hartle Trump. (laughs) What an introduction. I couldn't have paid for a better introduction than that. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you? That kind of introduction? That is amazing. I should have recorded that. And then just well, he, like he, I can, he can do play it again that. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, yeah. I can Come on, Icon. Do, play do, that. do that again. Do, do that again, Icon. <laughs> you, really, you really want me to do it again? No. No, no not really. Fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll have uh, – uh, you can text me your email address. I'll have Big Swing. Record that clip, and I'll send it to you. Oh, that yeah, would be well, awesome. See, then I'll it's already, I my family play that. <laughs> well, or, or, or have it, like, set for something on your phone, so every time you walk in the room, it just plays that, like, any room you go into. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. I could just get yeah. play that. My family might get tired of it after a while, but. <laughs> well, well, hey, you know, though, they'll, they'll only get tired of it because they're jealous they don't have their own. Exactly. You're, you've got that right. Well, Robin Hartle's our guest. We've got about uh, 54 minutes here with you. Uh, hopefully you can uh, put up with us for that long. Uh, I should have made the introduction <laughs> a little longer, I guess. But uh, bef- I, I forgot with Stephen, uh, with uh, Mr. Matt, uh, Stephen Bonner, I forgot. But we're going to do it with you real quick so I don't forget. I sent you a uh, script for a liner. We're going to go ahead and do that now, and then we'll start the interview. I'll count you down for five, and then we'll go ahead and do it, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Robin Hartle. You're listening to the Attitude ERA Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. That's awesome. You're actually the first one to ever awesome. saw an era. That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's uh, let's get in the interview first off. And well, I mean, Icon, she does have experience doing hosting and things like that. I mean, a lot a lot of them are just kind of reading off a cue card, going like, uh, "Okay, I'm going to read this." But the fact that she has experience doing something similar to what we do, um, that, I'm not surprised that uh, you know she was able to come out with the creativity there. That was good. That's, uh, <laughs> well, well I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's continue with the interview and let's not interrupt anymore. Okay, so. All right. uh, and uh, Rob and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this because it's your on. I, I want to let you know that I have been a fan of yours since I was a kid, staying up past my curfew, sneaking up, watching TBS, watching your show. Uh, this is the interview I've been waiting to do my entire life, is being able to oh, talk to you. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. Um, you. Even if that's not true, I'm really – it just makes my day to hear you say that. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because – People used to come up to Dean and I at home and garden shows 
when we would do them around the country, we would do personal appearances. And every once in a while, you'd have somebody that come up, and they'd be a teenager or a young adult, and they'd say, I've been watching you since I was this high. And there's a part of you that's like, wow, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. And then there's this part of you that goes, am I that dang old? <laughs> so it does make now, you feel a little old. Is, you know, the cool thing is you have met me before. Uh, you and Dean were I here did. at the Fargo Dome during the Home and Garden Show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I no, I don't remember the show, but I do remember going to the Fargo Dome. Well, uh, you, sure. might, you might remember the question I asked you, and this should jar your memory. The question I asked you, you guys did the show about future homes, and I asked you about the window that you can turn on and off that frosts the glass, and you had mentioned okay. that the glass may frost, but they can still see out the window. Yes. 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 Have you by any chance, have you by any chance dropped a restraining order on Icon yet? <laughs> not, not yet, not yet. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Well, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, I'm I'm going to ask you a few questions uh, about home time. Then we'll go around the room. Then I'm going to ask you the tough questions. Uh, how okay. long were? Uh, how did? Uh, how were you uh, discovered? Did you have to do an audition for Dean, or did he see you at like Menards or Lowe's or Burns uh, <laughs> or? I did I did have to do an audition, and it's actually a pretty uh, funny story because I, w- I was always a DIY kind of person, and I had a degree in real estate development, and I used to kind of, do um, supervise on construction sites for uh, different um, housing projects and that kind of thing. And uh, and they were looking. I was also doing some theater on the side. So I never thought that construction and theater ever went together, that it was like two things that would marry each other. So I just did the construction field, and then I did the, uh, the, the, the theater. And a girlfriend of mine came up to me and said, you know, there, uh, I read where they're auditioning for this new for for the uh, the show Home Time for co-host. And you'd be perfect. I think you ought to audition for it. And I said, Nah, no, not you know. I'm sure there's going to have a lot of people. She said, No, I I dare you to audition. So she dared me to audition. So I of course I took the dare and I went and I auditioned. There were 250 women auditioning. There were people from New York and all over auditioning for this. And I auditioned, and I didn't think anything of it, and I got called back. And I auditioned again, and this went on for a month where you get called back, and they keep whittling it down. So I start with 250, and then they get the best of those, and then the best of those, and they keep whittling it down. And a month later, it was on my birthday, I got the call and I told nobody that I was auditioning for this because I didn't want to be, you know, I, di- I didn't want to jinx it or anything. I just didn't want anybody to know that I was auditioning for it. And then I got the call on my birthday that said that uh, that I, I got the position on home time. And I didn't, hadn't told my parents or anything. I told my parents and they 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 were they didn't believe me at first. <laughs> But uh, but then they after they you know after we shot quite a few shows and then it started those shows started airing then my my family just thought that was amazing and of course that was back when they didn't have TLC and they didn't have MTV they didn't have all the cable t- 
TV stations that you have today where they have all of these home improvement shows, there was PBS. If you wanted to learn how to build a deck or anything, you had to go to PBS, and there was Norm, uh, and there was us, and and that was it. And we were we were the first show to to have a woman in a tool belt doing construction, and uh, and that was really stepping out to do that. So when let's see, you were. Were you the second or third co-host for Dean? Because I know he started out with Joanne Liebler. I know that. Uh, well, actually, and- Joanne wasn't the first. Jo- everybody thinks that Joanne was the first, but she actually wasn't the first. Uh, Peggy Knapp was actually the very first co-host. She didn't stay around for very long, and then she went to a show called Newton's Apple on PBS. And uh, it was, I think they were science. It was kind of like a science show. So she started with Home Time, then she went to Newton's Apple. Well, then Joanne came on, and Joanne was there for five years. And um, and so she, you know, had been on for a long time as far as they were concerned. And she left. Um, she always wanted to do comedy. And so she left to pursue her dream. She moved out to L.A. and she started doing comedy out in L.A. And then um, there was a gal that was in between Joanne and I, and her name was Suzanne Egley. And Suzanne wasn't, I don't think she was even on one year. Um, She just, it wasn't, she just realized that it wasn't for her and she was really the kind of a home improvement. She was more of an actress than like a home improvement kind of person. So she she left after um, several months, and then she I the one came in. Jojo? And I was on Jojo Labler. Yeah. About? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I was on for twelve years. So mm. I then became the co-host and was on, and I stayed with it for twelve years before I finally. Oh, and when I left. What about Miriam Johnson? Uh, Miriam, she was after me. So oh, after you, okay. She came, yep, she came on after me, and they actually weren't going to replace me. So when I left, I left because, you know, back when I when I was doing the show, like I said, it was just PBS, but then toward the end of my career on Home Time, there, now there was TLC and there were more cap- and trading spaces came up and all those other programs and home improvement got mm. to be a big thing, a big deal. All these home improvement. Tim shows. the Toolman Taylor. And so yeah. Oh, exactly, exactly. And so you know they got just got to be huge, and um and the the producers were trying to compete with all of them, you know. Trying to work out different stuff, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall that PBS wasn't going to be the, the the big place anymore for the home improvement. So I decided at the end of that contract, after 12 years, I decided not to renew my contract. They weren't going to replace me. They were just going to go with Dean and use the crew and and not not have a woman on the show. And after I think it was a year, they decided that they couldn't not have a woman on the show, and then they they brought Miriam in. So, um, and actually, the funny thing is, and I'll tell you guys a super funny story, is that the other day, okay, I have my broker's license in Minneapolis. I'm a real estate broker, and I work in um, construction and and do flips and remodels and things. But the other day, I got a call. Um, we had a listing 
um, our company had a listing uh, of a house, and one of the agents that showed the listing called me, and she said, hi, Robin, you, I know you know me. And I said, oh, yeah, what's your name? And she said, Miriam Johnson. <laughs> and I said, yes, I do know you. So she is also in real estate now. She left, When she left home, home time, she got her real estate license, and now she's selling real estate. And we had a really nice conversation, and we had a lot of fun talking about home time. <laughs> and uh, one myth. One myth that we can put to put to bed right now for people that don't know is Dean had, was never married to any of his co-hosts, correct? That was correct. But we, you know, when when I started, you know, they kind of thought that Dean and Joanne were married, and then they didn't know about you know Suzanne and how that kind of fit in. And then I came on, and people would started asking, "Hey, what's the deal with you and 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 your co-hosts? And are you guys married or not married?" And we liked to kind of play it up like we were married without really saying that we were married because most of our audience, our demographic, were married couples or people that were, you know, a couple and they like doing that stuff together. And so because most of the people that watch the show were a couple, we decided to just kind of play with that a little bit. And we'd go to home shows all the time, and that was the very mm. first question people would ask us: "Are you guys really married?" <laughs> well, well, uh, uh, Karen was after you, also, right, Karen Elias? Uh, who? I, I'm sorry, who was that? Karen uh, Elias or Elias? Mm. She was the editor, right? No. Okay, because I'm on the Karen. I went on the hometown hometown website, and I mean, obviously, you're down here, Robin Hartle. I mean, you're on there as one of the longest running hosts, um, and obviously, Miriam Johnson's on here, and JoJo Libler, yep. and all that. But yeah. uh, but it says Karen. Uh, I don't know if it's Elias or Elias, but it says she's been editing the hometown TV show since '05. Most recently, under the watchful supervision of flat-coated retriever known around the office as Key. Prior to home time, she produced, edited, and directed Minnesota Timberwolves and ran the Target Radio Board. Um, so okay. she was. Uh, yeah. But I mean, but I see here that you left in '04, so she would have probably been a year after you as the editor, anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, I didn't know her. Um, of course, the, you know, I spent a lot of time in the field. I mean, we had editors that were back at the the um, at our home office. And they would do the editing and things like that. And um, the editor that we had at the time was Bill Gibb, and he was he was a great editor. I loved Bill. He was awesome. I always told him, "Make mm. me look good, Bill. Make me look good." But uh, he uh, he was there when I was there, and um, our, we had the best producers. We had great produ- producers and writers. And um, but you know, it's construction and. If something goes wrong, if something can go wrong, something will go wrong, you know, that in mm. construction, you never know what you're going to run into. So they would write script, but we never knew what we were going to run into. So it was kind of fly by the seat of your pants. They used to always like hand me this big script, but it would change so often. So as I was there through the years, I just got so used to throw, putting things in my own words that it eventually got to the point where they gave me, you know, script on a, on a napkin and said, here, uh, you know, say something like this, make it, make it your own. And, you know, and it got a lot less formal over the years. And, and I just started kind of, you know, 
same things that I, you know, I was there for so long and I knew construction that they were just confident that whatever I was going to say made a lot of sense. And we'd talk about what I was going to say and then I'd just go on and put it in my own words. But, um, yeah, so we had a, we had a great talent. Um, we had a big talented crew and of, uh, you know, uh, people behind the camera and, uh, co- contractors are all our construction people, just amazing. They were just great people. So no, Icon, I, I want to test you here. No, Icon, you know, obviously yeah. she was, uh, you, you know how she was, um, you know, the longest running female co-host on home time, Icon. She's still, Robert is still on television. Do you know uh, what what she does now, or at least what the website says she does? No, no cheating. No cheating on this. Well, you just kind of blew what I was going to go into, so thank you for that. Uh, Robin, You're welcome. Got about 35 minutes best. left with you. But uh, I was going to go to Granny, and I was going to go to what she's doing now. But uh, uh, real, real quick, uh, Granny, you got anything for our guest here, Robin Hartle? Okay, Granny's sleeping. Okay, so. Is she on with us? No, no. She's still. She's still on. I don't know if her phone or what happened with it, but she's still listed as on the switchboard. No, board, I'm but... here. I'm here. Oh. I'm here. Go ahead, Icon, because I know how you think. So go ahead, because I know where you're going with this. So go ahead, Icon. Take it away. So, but I do well, remember I... seeing her on on other things, you know, right. besides so, home I... time and everything. So. Well, I gotta ask, uh, and then I don't know if you have contact with him. If you can put me in contact with him, but I gotta know. What is it like doing a ladder commercial with Al Borland? Uh, yeah, yes, he yes. is he's hilarious and we've become really good <clears throat> friends over the years because we've been doing Little Giant together for a long time and he cracks me up every time we do it. Matter of fact, we just did we just renewed our little giant commercial uh the infomercial two months ago, about two months ago. And we were together again, and it was so good to see him. And he just cracks everybody up, and he's so nice. And he is the best. One thing that a lot of people don't know about him, he's a really, really good golfer. I mean, Hmm. this guy is really a good golfer. And we've golfed a couple of celebrity tournaments together around the country, and he just golfs all these all these great tournaments with all these wonderful people. He's got great stories. But he what he does a lot of now is um, like Hallmark Channel movies. Really? Yeah, he does a lot of stuff for the Hallmark Channel, and he's done a lot of uh, uh, movies for them. And uh, he does still does a lot of other infomercials and a lot of other commercials and stuff. But he he tends to do a lot of uh, a lot of movies for the Hallmark Channel. They they get him quite a bit. So how much of now, a let bonus me... would I have to, how much of a bonus would I have to give you to have you get me in touch with him? Ooh. <laughs> well, I could certainly send him a message and have him give you a call. Okay, you have my number. I'll tell you what. I am willing to come and do your uh, do your floors. I'll mop your floors. I'll do your dishes. I'll I'll mow your lawn. I'll do whatever it takes if you can put me in touch with Al. We can't. We're not going to use his real name right now because we don't have permission to use his real name right now. We can use his character right. name. But if you can get me in touch with Al Borland, because I want right. him to say, I don't think so, Icon. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> and he would. He would. He's. 
such a super nice guy, and uh, and I'm sure he'd be happy to. So, yeah, I'll get in touch with him, and I'll give him your number and, and tell him to give you a call, um, you know, and, and maybe you'll do the same intro for him that you did for me. Uh, oh, well, he, he, does, he does that for everybody, but he, he's not always as, you know, over-the-top excited about it. I mean, you definitely got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, because I, I w- everybody knew that our fans were going to ask if you could hook me up with him because I do have an intro planned for him if I can ever get him on the show. But, yeah, if you could pass my number to him, uh, you know, and let him know that we're not scary at all. We're, we're fun people. That'd be cool. And uh, like I say, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a bonus. If he needs to be paid for the appearance, whatever it takes, I, we'd like to have, we'd love to have him on. Awesome! I'll get in touch with him and let him know. So, so you know, because if you guys remember, real quick here, then I'll let you go. Big, I'll let you ask. Yeah, the next yeah, question. yeah. Because if you remember the the series finale of uh, Home Improvement, he said, "I am Tim the Two Man Taylor, and you all know my assistant. I'll be doing infomercials the rest of my career, Borland." And that's all he's doing. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Now, Robin, do you think that a show like you see? Now, I grew up. I was born in. I was born in '88. Um, you know, so obviously, growing up as a kid, the show that was in rotation on my TV screen growing up obviously was Home Improvement. I, I mean, that's really how I began and how I learned about Tim Allen and all that stuff um, beforehand. Do you think shows, comedy shows that deal with the Home Improvement theme? such as Home Improvement, <laughs> um, were kind of based off of what you guys were doing with, with your chemistry? I, oh, I mean, do you think that, that show, like, 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 would that show have come around if, you know, if, if you and Al hadn't done what you had done for so many years? I don't think so. <clears throat> I mean, I think that, um, I think that Home Improvement, you know, the basis for that show kind of came about from, um, from, you know, uh, Bob Vila and, and, you know, and the, those guys and what they did in New Yankee Workshop and, you know, mm. and if they, they were just, they were the ones, uh, this old house, boy, they're a classic. I mean, I actually, um, Norm Abrams, I met him several times. I met Bob Vila several times at uh, different home improvement appearances. Super nice people. I mean, Norm Abrams could not have been the nice, I mean, any nicer. He was such a great guy. Very, very sweet guy. And I, we were out in California one time doing a per, uh, personal appearance with those guys, and they actually were shooting uh, in the vineyards. And they uh, they gave us uh, they they told us, come on out, you know, if you got a day or two. And and I was out there for a couple of extra days, and I said, I'd really like to swing by the the um, the location. And they said, yeah. So they gave me the address, the location, and we swing by. And I dropped in. And the, the the guys on the um, this old house crew, they're like, oh my gosh, look, it's Robin Rural, and they couldn't believe that I was there, and that I came to see Norm, and Norm showed me around, and we were walking around. They just thought it was so weird to see the two of us walking around mm-hmm. together, and uh, and but super nice people. We had a blast. I did several different uh, personal appearances with Norm. I've done some with Bob. We've done some with Steve Thomas. Um, and all those guys, and I think those comedy shows like Home Improvement were definitely mm. 
uh, taken from the the more serious, you know, home improvement shows and where we kind of came from and where we started. Yeah. And they, I don't think that would have ever happened without without that. Now, did you have to try out, like, like you said, you had to audition and all that stuff, and, you know, you got the part and, and those things as part of the TV show, but um, did you have any home improvement uh, sort of a background or interest or anything like that before you applied, or did you? Yes. Um, you know, or did you just yeah, get it? Like, like you applied for the show and they put you in that role. No, I actually. So it's kind of funny because when I applied, when I went to audition for the show, they had no idea that I had a home improvement background. I okay. went in on my on my theatrical skills. So I had been doing theater. And I went in as a an actress and someone in that role that does more theater and, and, and stage presence and television, and not as a home improvement person. But I had a degree in real estate development. I worked on construction projects. I had been supervising construction since I was 19. And so oh, wow. I, I had a lot of experience. And I love doing it myself as well. So, you know, I would be on construction sites and I would, you know, always like pester contractors. So, so why are you doing it that way? And I, I'd be a real big pest and then they'd, they'd show me, well, it's because of this. So I learned a lot over the years from just our subs on the job sites and everything. And I loved, I just picked up a real uh, knack for it. Loved it. A lot of people ask me just, does your was your dad handy? Did your dad teach you? No, my dad didn't know anything about any. Matter of fact, my mom, whenever anything would break around the house, my mom would tell my dad, "Don't touch it." <laughs> she was afraid That's to funny. make it worse. That is funny. Yeah. So yeah, my so, my next question. Yeah. Um, uh, Robin Harvey's our guest. We got about twenty five minutes left with Robin. Um, and then uh, at the end of the year, I'll let you uh, I'll let you pitch your uh, your your uh, real estate uh, uh, business too, so we can get fans to call you, and uh, we'll do all that. Uh, we got about twenty five minutes before we do that. Now, uh, when you guys were doing the show, how did you guys decide what segments that you were going to put uh, in the show to talk about, and did you ever? Uh, like start talking about something and then all of a sudden like uh uh like a ceiling tile would fall or windows would break or something like that when you got and you guys would have to do another take how often did that happen or did it not happen oh it would happen all the time i mean so we would be in the process real process of a construction uh project and as things would happen, as real life would happen, they would decide. The producers would say, "You know what? That's perfect for that segment. We we gotta we gotta shoot that." Um, if they knew something, you know, critical was coming up, a critical part of the project, they would decide, "Hold on, we're not going to do it yet. We're going to get that on camera. We're going to get these guys doing it." Um, if it was like a one time thing it's like well once we weld this or once we solder these pipes that's it well let's you know let's shoot that so there are lots of things that um there was one time when i was sick uh i came down with a cold i was really sick they decided to work that into the show so it was like all like kind of like 
it was all real life stuff that the producers would say, you know what, that's interesting. That stuff really happens to people. That that is something that needs to be shown. We really need to show if 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 when that falls apart, we need to show that because we were all about. We don't want the project to always look perfect. A lot of people would say, you know, it only takes you 30 minutes to build a, a whole two-car garage on the show. Well, they were right because it, you know, of course it would take us many, many days. Shot us, it, it, it would take us like seven days to shoot one half-hour show. And oh. in that time, you know, we, we had to get a lot done. So we had a lot, you know, people would say, are you guys really doing that? Yeah, we're really doing what you see us do. But then once the cameras are off, they're quickly getting us up to the next step so that we can start shooting again. Otherwise, it would just take, you know, it would take months and months and months to shoot one half-hour show. So, so we, you know, we had, obviously we had a lot of help. But, yeah, they would definitely decide what they would decide on showing on the show is let's make it real. Let's, let's, we want people to relate to all this stuff. So when something's falling over and crashing into something, let's get that on camera because that's real. That's something that's really happening. And we want, you know, people to be able to relate to that stuff. So now did it ever get to, you know, cause you know, I know that you guys, you know, had hands on uh, with building and stuff, but when you had to do another take, uh, if something happened like that, uh, did any of the the crew that were actually working on the project get frustrated? Like, oh, really? We gotta we gotta take this nail out of the wall and do it again? <laughs> that ever? <laughs> yes, it would. Um, we yes, they were constantly those poor guys. They went through. I mean, it's tough enough to build a house. It's tough enough to build a garage, and then to have to do it five times over is is super frustrating for these guys. And and that's what made them the best. That's what made them the best in the business is that they had to build everything five times, ten times, because they had to shoot it over and over and over again. We didn't have when I started home time. We had one camera, one camera. So they would have to shoot something, and to get another angle, they'd have to shoot it again at another angle, and then take it out and shoot it again at another angle, just so that they could get all the angles they need. Well, nowadays. You got five cameras to shoot that stuff. But back then, the cameras were so darn expensive. There's no way that they could have that many cameras. And they had this gigantic camera, and they're really tiny now. But back then, they were huge, and they were cumbersome, and they had these uh, tripods they would sit on. And it would take forever to set up for one scene and one shot. And it was a big production. But, uh, yeah, they were, I mean, these guys... <laughs> they would get. They were hoping these poor guys would stand in the background and go, "Oh, we hope that this works out the first time, and we don't have to take this out and redo." And but more often than not, we had to redo it over and over again. And they would have to uh, take the cock out and uh, and and cock it again, or take the nails out and do it again, and. Uh, you know, and see if we could get a better take uh, many, 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 many times. So now I, I don't know if you can answer this or not, if, you, if it needs to be uh, like a, a trade secret, but was there ever a chance that, uh, that someone got injured, like they, they hit their finger with a hammer or uh, <laughs> like they got a, a bucket of paint fell on them? Did anything like that happen? 
oh, things like that would happen. Um, we were all, of course, every it was always about safety. We're always, you know, we, everybody, there's too many people on the set all the time between video production and real construction going on. So there was always had to be somebody watching out for, you know, uh, make sure that you're not going to trip on something or fall over something or fall off a deck or whatever. But it, 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 regardless of how safe you try to be, stuff happens. And when you, you're shooting a show for that many years, obviously, you know, people are going to get injured. I, um, we were on a site one time where there was, uh, it was an old, uh, we went to get some old lumber for something decorative. And we went onto the site where there was a bunch of old lumber and nails and lumber and stuff. And I happened to be walking across the floor and I stepped on a piece of wood that had a long rusty nail in it. And it went into my foot and oh, I God. had to, yeah. And so they had to take me to the hospital right away and they had to get me a tetanus shot. And trust me, the tetanus shot was way worse than the nail in my foot. <laughs> I hated the tetanus shot. But um, so that happened to me. Dean has hit, Dean definitely hit his thumb with a hammer more, way more than once. Um, we've had, um, yeah, we've had def- definitely lots of different things like that happen, but never anything too serious. I mean, like I said, it was you step on a nail or, or you cut your thumb or hit your thumb with a hammer, but thank God nobody ever uh, became seriously injured. Uh, nobody fell off any. Oh, well, I take that back. We did have one instance one, with the log cabin. You guys remember the log cabin? I do. That was my, one of my favorite episodes, that in the future home. Yep. Yes. Okay, so we were doing the log cabin, and they had to um, they had to put scaffolding up along the outside of the walls of these logs um, that the uh, log cabin was constructed out of, and so the scaffolding is tricky alongside the wall uh, the logs on the outside because they're not perfectly straight and they're all rounded and everything. So they had to nail those in, in certain places. They had to nail in that scaffolding and get that scaffolding to hold tight to that wall. Well, it wasn't people that on our crew, it was a whole different construction crew that was there to do something with the logs. I think they were chinking the logs in between. It's kind of like a foam insulation in between the logs. <clears throat> so they were doing the chinking on the logs, and the guy was up pretty high on that scaffolding, and the scaffolding, one of the uh, big uh, spikes came out of the log. It hadn't been put in properly. It came out, the scaffolding collapsed, and the guy went down. And he went down on top of the scaffolding. And hurt his back really bad, and he laid there on the uh, for a long time. They they told him don't move, don't move. They had to get an ambulance onto the site, and we were way up in the Shawamigan National Forest in in Wisconsin in the wilderness, and where the the cabin didn't have an address. The cabin had like a a rural route number or fire number or whatever it was. And so they had to stay on the phone with the 
uh, and this was before cell phones, and they had to, they had to contact, and they had to tell the fire department and the ambulance how to get there to get this guy, and they had to take him to the hospital. I guess he was pretty seriously hurt, but but uh, they patched him up. But uh, yeah, that was probably the most serious injury we had. Now, of you know, in your twelve years, I mean, you guys did a lot of projects. Uh, this is a two-part question. What is your your well, I'll do this question first, and I'll ask you the next question. Uh, what was your all-time favorite project that you did? We did a project, and uh, what we called, it was a um, development called Autumn Woods, and it was in the uh, area of the Lake Minnetonka area, west of Minneapolis, about um, 20 minutes west of Minneapolis, and it was a new uh, development that Dean had bought up a bunch of uh, property and subdivided it. And one of the lots that he sold off, we decided to build a brand new house on. Now, I always liked homes. I always liked homes with character, homes that that are old, that people had lived lives in and their children grew up in the house and I always felt like that's what made a home. It wasn't the walls. It's not the construction. It's not the finishes. It's not the things you put in it. It's the lives that are led in the home. And so um, that's what I like about old houses. And so I made a comment to the architect when the architect was putting the plans together that that's what I liked about older houses. So they decided to take that idea of character and what makes a home a home and putting character in a home that is a brand new home and how do you build that character how do you put that into a brand new home it's tough and so uh they called it um uh, a house with character or something it was something along that line and the architect is one of my favorite architects michaela mahati was the architect on that project and she was absolutely wonderful. There was a wetland in the back, and there was this wraparound porch, and it it was it was very kind of Frank Lloyd Wright kind of looking home, um, very craftsman style. It had a lot of really neat things in there, like these uh, frosted glass doors and and just really neat stuff and it wasn't it wasn't one of those like super impressive houses it wasn't a, a home that you walk into and go oh my gosh this is a McMansion or whatever it, but what i loved about it was that there was things in it that were interesting and and that we thought brought character to a new house and that was my my actually my favorite my favorite uh project that i that we ever did and years later i went on uh, vacation uh, in Seattle, in the Seattle area, I went out to see a friend, and I met with this architect out there. I end, uh, ended up talking to this architect, and we started talking about the different projects on home time, and it turns out that he, that was his favorite project we ever did, and he was an architect. He ordered the plans from that house. And changed them a little bit, but he still had those plans, and he had to show them to me. But it was pretty funny that uh, that it happened to be his favorite project as well. That's awesome. Uh, now, with uh, with with all the years that you're on uh, home time, now, you know, would you say that you know, um, how, how can I put this? Uh, 
you know, you you've been married for how long now? Um, I actually, I have been married. This is, um, I'm married to somebody else now. My previous uh, husband had passed away. He he got cancer um, after oh, I left home time. Thank you. And um, and so, uh, but now I'm remarried to the uh, the love of my life, and I'm so um, so lucky. Um, and, uh, and so we live in Minneapolis and she's just wonderful. And so, yeah, we've been married now, um, for, uh, over seven years. We've been together for over 13 years. So we've been together for a long time, but, um, but yeah, he, he, he's just a great, great, uh, companion. So that, that leads me to my question now. So when something breaks at the house, or you need to build something or make a deck or add an addition to the garage. It's always you doing it, correct? It actually is. My my husband is a former police officer. And um and so uh even though he loves homes, he loves to tour homes, he loves everything about, you know, we flip homes together and stuff, but he likes the investment part of it, but he's not handy. And he he always tells people that he's so uh, glad he he think he says uh, he'll joke around and say this is my husband and point to me uh, and say well she's actually the husband of the home and uh, it's kind of like reverse roles because he would rather not do the home improvement and I'd rather do the home improvement and and so. But he just he he loves that I love that kind of stuff and he loves that that I can do those things. Last summer, um, we had to redo our deck. We had our deck had rotted out. So I just one day he came home and I had it. It was the deck was gone. I took it all down, and he's like, well, "Where's the deck?" And I said, "I demolished it and I'm building a new one." And he said, "Okay." <laughs> so <laughs> I. We went out and we picked out the materials and everything, and uh, I rebuilt the deck. And every once in a while, he'd look out there and go, do you need me to hold something? And I'd go, nope, I'll let you know when I need you to hold something. And so he would come out and hold something for me if I needed it to be held. And he'd come out once in a while, that looks good. (laughs) So, yeah, all the tools are mine. All the toolboxes are mine. And uh, I redid our garage floor last year and re-cemented it. And, uh, and, and now I call it, you know, I don't have a she shed. I have a she garage. So it's the she <laughs> garage. And my husband always jokes around. He says, you know, that garage is nicer than our house. <laughs> so now when, when, you were, when, you were, when you do your building projects, do you ever, do you ever flash back to me on a home time and like you like, like talk to like a fake audience like okay so this is how we cut <laughs> did you ever do that no i haven't done that no every once in a while you know my husband will you know take a picture of me out there or you know he might get me on video or something like that and we'll goof around but um yeah i just i i you know i i get a couple of youtube videos uh, where we were, we did a retaining wall. We had a retaining wall built in the back, and so I did a couple of YouTube videos on it. But um, you know, it's just you know, television has really come so far 
and it's so different than when I was on the show. And when we had a script and we followed a script, and that was reality. That was that was the first like reality show kind of show. You know, the the shows that you see today that are reality shows, they weren't called reality shows back then. It was you know we did what we did and we had we had our our script. But now, I mean, if that those kind of shows now. They they don't have script anymore. They just you know you're lucky if you've got anything uh you know anything for any formal camera. It's you know it's like hey let's just see what happens and and let's just talk about it and you know the audience these days like the it to be more real than it than it was back then. And so, you know, things are just a lot more different. People like to see the reality of everything, and they like to see people talk off the top of their head and not have it scripted. I think mm. it's it's different now. So, you know, and I think the Internet had a lot to do with that, with all the YouTube videos and the Facebook videos and everything. They're a lot more entertaining when people are just people, and they're just, like, talking like normal people, and you're not standing out there going, well, next we're going to put this nail in over on the edge and you have to make sure, you know, just, you know, that's just, that's just not what people like to do, to, you know, see on TV anymore. Uh, Robin Hart's a guest here. We've got about six minutes left here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and do this. If uh, our fans wanted to check you out and have you be their real estate agent or uh, see you on, uh, do you have a YouTube? You got an Instagram? You got a Facebook? You got a Twitter? You got a GoFundMe? <laughs> you got a Twitch? What do you got? Well, uh, I have a company called Royal Realty, and, uh, and we're out of Minneapolis. And uh, we have a we have a Facebook page. We also have a website, and so and I have a website, Robin RobinHartle.com. So you can go to RobinHartle.com, and uh, you can message me right right from my website. You can message me from Royal Realty's website, and you can also message me from the Facebook page. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, so either Royal Realty or or um, or Robin Hartle, either one. Just uh, throw me a message, drop me a line, let me know that you're still out there thinking about me and the show, and I really appreciate it. Now, uh, are you able to uh, uh, do real estate in North Dakota? Uh, we just do the we just do real estate in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Uh, just I have a broker's license in Minnesota, so we don't uh, currently we are not licensed in other states. But if anybody out there is thinking of making a move to the Minneapolis area, they can certainly contact me and we can help you out. How about Moorhead? That's in Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything that's in Minnesota, we can help you out with. Just don't go to the Papa John's, right, Icon? Well, no, the reason why I'm asking is – you know, uh, I'm working on uh, – this is just a little sideshow here to let you know. Uh, well, I'm working on reestablishing my credit, getting all that fixed. And when I get that fixed, I need a good uh, real, realtor, and you're the one I want to uh, – you're the one I want to call. So uh, you, you just got to promise you can't you, – you cannot retire with it. you got to wait four years before you retire so I can have you. <laughs> uh, no problem there. I'll be doing this for a long time. So, yeah, give me a call anytime. I'll help you out. And then uh, real quick here, because our fans are wondering when the ego questions are going to kick in, so I'm going to ask them. Oh, now. Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know if we have enough time for those. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, the okay. icon made you a full collector's card. What did you think of that? Uh, uh, what was that? That The collector's card that the icon made for you and sent it to you on Messenger. What did you think of that with your face on it? Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, was, but I love seeing so, stuff like that. That's just like do you, that's super fun. Do you watch? Um, well, I was gonna. I was just wondering real quick. Do you watch a lot of those shows now? Like a lot of those shows on like uh, on Home and Garden or a lot of those house flipping shows or those construction shows. I know that like uh, you know they they have those those shows where like they take old beat up houses and totally renovate them to like help somebody wants and all that. Like, do you still watch that stuff or do you kind of? Distance yourself from that yeah, aspect. Yeah, you know, I yeah, no, I I watch them once in a while. I can't, I can't not watch them. You know, it's like it's just part of you. And I like watching them once in a while, but it's really hard for me to watch that stuff because I watched that after being at home time for twelve years, and I find myself uh, uh, doing lines in my head and, mm. and going, you know, Oh, you know, this is how I would do that. And when I was in home time, we did it this way or when I did, you know, so I, it, it, I then become too critical and I can't just watch it like everybody else watches it. And, and, and it's just too hard. I try to enjoy them as much as I can, but I usually just, you know, it's like some people, they play like to play golf. And not watch golf. Well, I like to actually go out and do home improvement, and not watch it as much. And then uh, my next question is, uh, you know, we got a we got a big December show. Do uh, you think you might be able big, to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, uh, I I was asked. Uh, I think Icon sent me a request for autographs, and and I sent I sent I put them in the mail today to you guys. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up on my wall of fame, and uh, awesome. You know, you know the other thing, like I like I say, you know, I uh, if you could, uh, we we you know we'd eventually like to have you on again if we haven't scared you too much because I know you're one of the few female guests that does not have a restraining order against me yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, anytime, just just drop me a message and let me know, and it would be it it would be my pleasure to do it again. Yeah, a message is uh, fine. He just can't come within 500 feet in person. That's all. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then if you could uh, pass my pass my information on to Al Borland, I would sure appreciate that too. I would do that. I will do that. Thanks so much, guys. It was it was a pleasure. It was uh, it was a real treat being on. Thank you, Robin. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Robin Hartle, ladies and gentlemen. The the first ever real tool time girl, Robin Hartle, ladies and gentlemen. Now, see now, guys. Here here's the thing. How 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 fun? How much fun was that interview? I mean, you know, everybody says I'm always bragging about the guests that we have and everything. And I don't know if you guys feel the way I do, but I think I have a right to brag about that stuff, don't I? You do. Um. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, obviously we've. We've kind of converted this now into an interview show, um, which is what we've had to do because WWE's content has sucked so bad. There's not much to talk about. Uh, and a lot of these interviews with a lot of these, you know, big artists or big, you know, wrestlers and big, well, whatever, whoever they may be, celebrities, whatnot, um, you've gotten. So, yeah. 
Well, would you guys like yeah. to know who's going to be on the show next week for our big Memorial Day show? And then we want to send a shout-out to all our veterans. Uh, it's a week away, but we want to send a shout-out to all our veterans. A happy Memorial Day uh, to all the veterans out there. And, uh, you know, make it a safe one. Every, people should know that Memorial Day is not an extra day at the lake. It's not an extra day off of school. It's for the veterans. And I will always preach that. A lot of kids said, oh, we get off of school. That's not what it's about. It's about the veterans. That's what it's for. So. Yes. Yes, it is. Next week. Next week. We Memorial have, Day. Uh, Memorial Day is to remember remember the veterans, you know, that served our country. And then, you know, Veterans Day is one, too, that we actually honor our veterans and still thank them for their service. But Memorial Day, you know, some people get Memorial Day and uh, Veterans Day confused. Well, there's two big, there's two big uh, military holidays, so, and, and those are the two. So, I mean, anybody who knows anybody who's been in service or whatnot, I mean, these are two big holidays, you know, for, for both of them, so. Right, so let me That's give you guys a rundown of who our guests are next week. We have uh, Douglas Belch. He's going to be on with us. We have Alexis Maria. And for those of you who are big fans of the Dukes of Hazard, we have Coy Duke, the original secondary cousin of the Dukes of Hazard. Byron Cherry is going to be on with us, ladies and gentlemen. So you don't want to miss that because we're going to get into General Lee. We're going to jump to the next week with Byron Cherry, Coy Duke, at the helm so you don't want to miss those interviews it's going to be fun a great memorial day show uh with all of us is going to be here next week for that much fun any word and any word or update uh on um pretty boy doug masters and that ankle situation he's got going on uh the way i understand it is uh he is uh he's still healing and uh, i guess he's he's having a tough time with it well, I guess it was a bad break, and then he got that infection and all that, and yeah. Yeah. yeah so huh. uh, eventually, we'll, he'll he'll join us again, but, uh, you know, we all want to send our prayers out to pretty boy Doug Masters. Uh, you know, he had to take a break from the show because of his injury, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the good Lord above will bring him back to us. And uh, real quick, I don't know why I'm pitching this, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, if you want to go to uh, check out on Facebook, Cut the Promo uh, podcast, uh, the icon will be on there Sunday night uh, with Jordan Garber. He's back. He has the icon because uh, he needs a ratings boost. Uh, who better to ask than the icon for a ratings boost? I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, Big Swing or Granny, I, I know your feelings, Granny, about Jordan, but uh, if any of you guys want to join us, uh, I will uh, I will text you guys. You guys call in and uh, you know Icon will, uh, Icon will be there. They'll, they'll even have a video, right? And Icon will be there in his MAGA hat, and it'll all be great. Um, so yeah, we'll even have live shots. Yeah, that's the plan. I don't have no issues with him, Icon. You know, I mean, I'm glad he's starting his his podcast back up. You know, I just, I mean, I'm I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be going out of town to see my mom and see my brother that I haven't seen since um, my daddy passed away in 2004. So, you know, my I'm going to have some family time, but 
I will be on the show Monday night with you all. So. Well, make sure you tell your relatives to listen to us too, and uh, tell them uh, about your egotistical buddy, the icon, and uh, how he likes to take over everything. <laughs> and hey, if they want autographs, I'll send them autographs too. Okay. But I might have to send it post to do. <laughs> oh, well, that's there we all go. right. Whatever. There we it go. It is what it is. We'll we'll we'll, we'll pay for shipping. So, awesome. Icon, we, we we got to get up out of here, but we will see you next week. And, t- again, tune in to cut the promo Sunday night. Icon will be there. I might be if I get the time. We'll see you then. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.